Big changes at the top of Google Parent Alphabet, why the founders are stepping down, what's next, and what that could mean for you. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, snowy Detroit, Michigan, uh, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into... What matters to you, our friends? And we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Boy, a big story that happened this week, but th- big thanks to Tiller for making us, for helping us bring that story your way. Tiller's your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated every day. They should say automatically updated every day. That'd be cool. Maybe Magic. not. Only Tiller Money keeps your finances up to date in spreadsheets so you can easily track spending, make a budget, create a custom financial dashboard, and eliminate debt all in one place to check it out and to get uh, two, uh, uh, 20% off. Head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. That's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Big news today uh, out from the West Coast. Yes. We're going to get into that here in just a second. Let's see which one of our friends is going to kick this off for us. This is Scott from the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right, today's story comes to us from pretty much everywhere, Bobby, but we're going to take it from uh, NPR. This is NPR.org and uh, uh, comes to us from the team at All Things Considered. Google founders Sergey Brin and Larry Page stepped down from their top roles. Ending an era at the internet's biggest search company, Google co-founders Sergey Brin and Larry Page are leaving their leadership roles, and CEO Sundarp uh, uh, Pikai will become chief executive of both Google and its parent company, Alphabet. Page is stepping down as CEO of Alphabet, while Brin is resigning as its president. They'll remain board members of Alphabet, a company that oversees not just Google, but also its research into artificial intelligence and self-driving cars. Page and Brin founded Google in 1998 when they were Stanford students. They made Google into one of the world's largest, most profitable companies, dominating online search, digital advertising, and video. Quote, we've never been ones to hold on to management roles when we think there's a better way to run the company. They wrote in a letter Tuesday, and Alphabet and Google no longer need two CEOs and a president. The restructuring at the top of Google comes at a time of increased turmoil for the internet giant. Google, the company that was known for the motto, don't be evil, has been known for its open and freewheeling culture with employees encouraged to speak out. But lately, management has been cracking down on dissent and criticism. Google fired four engineers last week for accessing internal information, but the workers said they lost their jobs over labor organizing efforts. They said they're going to file a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board last year. Thousands of Google workers around the world walked out in protest of sexual harassment and bad behavior by executives. Google, along with Facebook and Amazon, is under scrutiny into whether it is too powerful. Regulators in the U.S. and Europe are looking into how dominant Google is in search and advertising. Some critics are even calling for the company to be broken up. There's no indication that any of this is connected to Page and Brin stepping aside, but it's just another sign of how the company is changing. Big, big change. These are people that have been around for, you know, the better part of my career. I mean, I was getting my feet wet as a financial advisor um, before them. 
But like ni- 1998, my practice was really starting to take off. And I remember it was all technology all the time, right? And this little company, Google, was just one search engine among many. Remember at that time, we were all using America Online Search Engine. Yahoo was a big search engine. Lycos and uh, uh, Excite.com was another one. Um, and Google was just one. And man, after the tech wreck, it was all Google. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to believe it's been 21 years. And in some other articles, they talk about how the guys still think of it as a young company. They came into a meeting with um, President Trump and talked about being one of the youngest companies there, which was completely not true. Time flies. It's yeah. amazing how far they've come. But yet it has been two decades. And they are the grownups. They, they say, and you know, they're basically like, we're parents and we're, it's time to let our baby grow. And there's something to be said for that. They also, um, like many other ultra successful companies brought in, you know, a, a grown up to help early on. They brought in Mr. Schmidt. Yeah. So that's something significant too. They met him though. Fun fact at Burning Man. They, so the legend goes. Really? Yes. <laughs> they, um, I want to go back to your comment though, about bringing in grownups and understanding when you're not the smartest person. I mean, that was always a good, uh, that's always been a good takeaway. I think just for us with our portfolio and just our life in general, Having surrounding ourselves with really smart people is what makes it grow. I mean, you look at how smart they were as Stanford students starting the company. It probably still wouldn't have been as big as it is now, Bobby, had they not surrounded themselves with really, really smart people. And I think we should all aspire to do that if we want to do anything more than what we can do with our own two hands. That's an excellent point because you mentioned earlier, there were so many different companies out there. And in the end, what often makes a company or a person successful is those decisions early on about who you're going to learn from, who you're going to bring under the, you know, into the fold to get advice from and understand, you know, it's a shortcut to success very often because you can, you can learn from them much quicker than just stumbling through by yourself and understanding. I mean, they were students. This was like a college project at Stanford. Um, and they never meant that, as you mentioned, there's so many articles out there and they talk about the fact that they're sort of accidental leaders. They weren't management students and they've never really from, you know, the public's point of view, embraced the minutiae and the day-to-day mundaneness of running a company. They're yeah. thought guys. They're creative guys. They've got so many cool projects going on there. Yeah, I think that's with a lot of companies in Silicon Valley that you've got these fantastic, these bright minds that that become leaders. I remember even talking to, you know, Chris Hutchins from Grove, um, which is which is a, a tech company which brings financial plans to people that that don't have the resources to hire a, a, a CFP in person, or some people do, and they prefer to have a machine uh, working with them. The uh, Chris told me at uh, at a industry conference last year. He said more and more his job has changed. Initially, he was creating this cool thing, Bobby. Now he said he feels like the head of HR because his job now is to just make sure everybody plays nicely together. And as you see, what's happened in the growing pains at Google is that people sometimes aren't playing nice with each other inside the company. And that, you know, that, 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 that creates a lot of friction. And, and yeah, and these guys, you know, they want to focus on what they do best. I'm excited to see what they do next because they've always had all of these projects. They, they've always been not necessarily distracted because they've put people in place and that's a lot of the success of it, but they focused on, they've, they know what they're good at yeah. and they focus on that and they put the time and energy into that. And they also have been able to identify people successfully that have run the company well. Do you think this changes if you're a uh, alphabet shareholder? 
Do you think this changes anything for you? Probably not because of what I just said, because they've always had people in charge, you know, even though they've gone back and forth in terms of different leadership roles, they've always had people that are managers that are, that are, that want to be and are good at being executives. And they do a lot. I mean, some of the, you know, people forget Google owns YouTube. Like they they have some big stuff going on under Alphabet. So there's a lot there that's been done really well over the years and it hasn't been done by just them. And they don't have the way some other founders of tech companies have they are certainly public. People know who they are, but they are not spotlight hoggers. They're not aggressively trying to get press for themselves. So I don't sense that there's a big ego going on here for years. So when they leave, and and, and by the way, they still own the majority. They still, I believe, own 51% of the stock. So they are still major stakeholders. They control things. They could come back anytime they want. I'm, By the I'm, way, I am very much with you that uh, these companies, as we talked about, run by other people who are incredibly intelligent. You you take them out of the equation, and and I don't I, I don't think on an operational level that that anything really changes. And you look at the way Google, as an example, has has been run. I I. I don't know how much their fingerprints are even involved on a day-to-day basis. So while it's always important to see who's driving the boat and, and when there is a change of captain to pay attention to that, in this case, we can pay attention and go, yeah, I don't think a lot's going to, a lot's going to change. It's going to go, going to go where it goes. Jim is making a good point here on our Facebook Live audience. He says, I don't think they were as crucial to Google slash Alphabet like the jobs, like Jobs was, Steve Jobs, he means yeah. to Apple. I think Google is so much bigger with so many dis- disparate products. And that that's, I mean, it's true. I mean, look, they bought Fitbit. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're all over the place and not necessarily in a bad way. They're just, they've got a lot of stuff going on. They've got self-driving cars. Well, There's so much happening there. Yeah. And I never, I, I never thought that Sergey or Larry were instrumental to the fundamental design of the product as much as Steve Jobs was. I mean, Steve Jobs was all about the design. And if you, th- you think about chief designer, they had some phenomenal people in design working at Apple, but the chief designer clearly was 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 Steve Jobs. Also, a uh, great point from our friend Sandy from Yes, I Am Cheap. Uh, Sandy says that it's time for the change. Google's facing a tough ride when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Much of the technological developments coming from people in Asia. Time for Google's leadership to reflect that. It is a time of change. I mean, every article that I've read uh, has been that Google faces some uphill battles. So having multiple people in the way, having too many leaders and not enough and not enough, uh, um, well, just having too many leaders fight over the direction of the company, not a good idea. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more here, which I thought Kevin made a great uh, point. He says, I think the example of Microsoft demonstrates the benefits that could potentially result when the founder steps down. So under Bill Gates, things ran pretty well, but it was a different, uh, it was, it was a different uh, time and a different ship. But initially, Kevin, it, it wasn't that great. I mean, the company definitely changed under Steve Ballmer, not a founder. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was the, uh, what he was the roommate in college of Bill Gates. But when Ballmer ran it, it seems like, the, the, I mean, the stock went nowhere. Um, it always seemed to underperform while Microsoft continued to make good products. I, the stock did nothing. And then they made obviously the, the, the latest CEO change and holy cow. 
mm-hmm. Microsoft is, you're right, a completely different company. But it actually was two iterations, not one, for Microsoft, I think, away from the founder. Um, right. And clearly, you can even make an argument now that Bill Gates might be doing more important work now than he did at Microsoft, too. I would agree, actually. I think he's really doing remarkable things with his efforts through the Gates Foundation and what they're doing with water and just solving problems that to some degree, just take money to solve. It's a shame. A lot of people get very sick. For those who don't know, a lot of his work surrounds basically providing uh, cures, solutions for diseases that we already know how to cure. We just don't have the resources in the right place. Yeah. I don't know if that summarized it well. No, I think I think that it does. And that's probably a good place for us to leave this. In just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our big takeaways from uh, what just happened this week at Alphabet. But first, I want to talk just for a second about our sponsor of this show, Tiller, because I use Tiller to manage my budget because of the fact that I get to press the easy button on a spreadsheet. I'm not a spreadsheet guy. I don't like reinventing the wheel and coming up with 57 different ways to slice and dice my budget. I like to work quickly. I like to know the bottom line. But I'll tell you, I've worked with enough apps. Because on Stacky Benjamins, we have a Friday fintech segment, so I'm always trying out the latest app. There's always something I don't like. The cool thing with Tiller, if I don't like it, because it's a spreadsheet, I could just change it. So if you like to have lots of charts and graphs and 57 ways to look at your data, Tiller does that. And for people like me who want it very quick, Tiller also does that. I don't know of a tool that's more flexible. And by the way, here at the end of the year, for people that want to create spreadsheets, hey, nerds, talking to you. You could win some money in Tiller's design competition. So head to TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF. Get in on the competition here. Maybe start off 2020 being uh, being the next google spreadsheets. No, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF for 20% off, though, <laughs> uh, your annual subscription. All right. Very well done, Joe. What, thank you. What's your, maybe not. What's your, what's your big takeaway, Bobby? I think that these guys have done a really good job, you know, basically raising, you know, a grown up company. And they alluded to this, like they did a good job. They, they are putting it in a good place. And by the way, they're still in the family. They still control, they, they own 51%. They're still on the board. So they're not totally going anywhere. They still have a very strong vested interest. But I'm excited to see what these guys do next. Um, as posted, for example, in the New York Times, they talk about the fact that uh, Mr. Page has invested, get this, in an asteroid mining company. Mr. Bryn bankrolled space travel and synthetic beef companies. Both of them, by the way, I didn't know this. They helped to fund Tesla. Um, and Mr. Bryn, Sergey Bryn, is building an airship in a hangar near Google's headquarters that I pulled from the New York Times just to get Building a credit. Zeppelin? So cool. He's building an airship in a hangar near Google's headquarters, according to the New York Times. Why not? I'm building one here in the basement. No, I'm so not. cool. So anyway, keep tuning in for more. Wow, they're going to do cool stuff. They are, as gonna, they already do, as yes. they already do. You know, my takeaway from this, Bobby, is is one that's very. The story's kind of personal to me because I I remember when I was first uh, thrust into a leadership position in a spot where I didn't really ask for it. Um, uh, I. The the thing that I thought was I always had to have an answer. I always had to have an answer and I had to have the right answer. And then as I got a little older and maybe a little wiser, I realized that sometimes the right answer is, I don't know. I don't have the right answer. I don't know what that is. And my job became more to find other people who knew what the right answer was. And at some point, instead of letting other people go, downsizing the people around me, sometimes it's time for me to step back because 
I'm really not not um, not the person who should be doing this job. And to found a company and have the ability to say that I'm not the person for this job, I think is a very powerful lesson for for all of us. I think I think it's going to be a good move for the company them getting out of their own way. I um, fantastic, and that's not to take anything away from them, by the way. Two two brilliant guys, and Bobby, what you just said, they're doing fantastic work. We're going to see a lot more from them. But uh, this move for me changes nothing about Google stock, nothing about some of the problems at the company. It just does exactly what they said in their press release, makes the company more streamlined at the top, gets rid of some redundancy, and makes it so hopefully Google can move forward faster. I love that. Very well said, Joe. Thank you. Uh, hey, if you guys want to say stuff with us, I don't know that that was the best uh, transition <laughs> of all time. Hang out with us on Facebook while we make the show. Head to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. Also sign up for our YouTube channel because uh, Bobby and I are in our meeting this week. We've started playtesting our YouTube channel. You might have seen me there this week uh, um, doing some videos, just trying to figure out how to get that going. So we're going to be speaking of Google We'll be at a Google company at YouTube uh, here shortly. Also, you can help us make the show by participating on Instagram. Much of the time, and a lot of our shows, we have Instagram polls. And how do people do that, Bobby? At Money Friends Pod is our handle on both Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And uh, please follow us there. We have a lot of fun. We'll also show you about the the actual articles, the pieces we take these from. We'll introduce you to the writers who write these fantastic stories. Uh, coming back on Monday, it's Bobby and I again. We're going to be talking gift cards and why gift cards might not be the solution that you think they are. So until then, on behalf of Bobby Rebel, I'm Joe Salcihi. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.